0: Welcome to the 261st episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on December 1st, 2021. This year's almost over, Carlos. Crazy. But before we get to that, my name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this year's show with me is the man who's getting a cease and desist from Starbucks, Carlos Rodella? Wait, why am I getting that? All those TikToks, bro.
1: Oh, no, I think they enjoy them at this point.
0: I don't know. I, I was talking to Howard Schultz, and he's like, what's up with this Carlos guy talking shit about Starbucks? Every skit's in a Starbucks. I don't like this. We should be getting a cut of that.
1: Hey, any press is good press.
0: I guess, I guess. Folks, we have a packed show. We're not going to waste any time. We're going to get right to it. We were going to skip housekeeping, but Carlos has a couple of burning issues we're going to get to. And then we're going to burn through the rest of the games. And then at the very end of the show, we are going to be doing something we don't do very often here at 70 Games. We're going to have a guest. We almost never have a guest. But we're going to make an exception this week. We're going to be welcoming Kinsey Burke from Chuhai Labs to the show. And we will be talking to her before the end. Uh, So stick around for that. But for right now, let's get to it, and let's not waste any more time. Carlos, your two issues of housekeeping, go. We're
1: running through the house, looking at the boxes, and I'm just going to see run what's faster. labeled go, on go, the boxes. Go, okay, great. Hey. Leave that stuff. Go, run. Stefan, I believe, from Death Trash, I tweeted him, and he's like, oh, yeah. I'm working on more Death Trash. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I want more of it. So he's like hard at work on Death Trash. Exciting. Don't um,
0: bother that guy. Let him do his work, because I need to play that I game. No, I shouldn't have even tweeted him. Don't tweet Anyways, him no more. Let him focus.
1: I'm bringing it up because yeah, he's working on it. Secondly, Cyberpunk is flooded with positive reviews. I think that's awesome because I love that game. Finally, nice to see that people are like, "Oh my goodness, it's actually a good game," uh, minus all the bugs. Uh, the other thing, real quick, is um, I got a new cat in Far Cry Six. His name is Aluso, Aloso, and I know that is not pressing news to you, but it is to me because he's a puma and he's amazing.
0: <laughs> An actual okay. Puma, like a like a like a wild like a mountain. Yeah, mountain it's lion. so
1: cool. It like makes the game even more fun to play. And I have other housekeeping boxes. They're all going to be pushed to the side. We'll bring them in, in next week. Yeah, we'll do them next week. There's a few stuff, things for you. Yeah,
0: just stick in the closet for now. We ain't got time for that. We got to right. get out of here. All right. Okay, let's get to the games super quickly. We're going to make as much headway as possible. Carlos, we're starting with you. Deathloop, Loop. Uh, I'm surprised. I guess I shouldn't be too surprised because you like. Um, uh, what is it the other un- dis- <laughs> what's the name of that what is the name of that goddamn game that you know i'm dishonored. To talk about dishonored okay yep. i was like disenchanted no disaffected no it's like one of those disc games dishonored that game i know you like that game a lot you like the blink maneuver we talked about it several times and this is kind of in the same bucket so i guess i shouldn't be surprised but yep. i didn't know this one was going to be on your two playlists for the year and here we are so why don't you give us uh, the lowdown on death loop
1: yeah, basically, it's the end of the year. We saw Deathloop pop up in tons of game of the War- game of the year awards, you know, uh, lists, and I was confused by that because it seemed like a roguelike game that had some multiplayer, you know, components, and it just didn't seem like a story-driven game that I would be really into. Uh, like I was into the Dishonored games, so I thought I'd give it a try because of that, uh, and it's okay, the end of the okay. year, and I'm also we. You. had... We had talked before, last episode, about Far Cry 6 having that DLC that's roguelike, and this is uh, that same type of thing. It's straight up a roguelike experience
2: exactly uh,
1: in first person. So, um, yeah, in general, like I really, really like the care they did in the world building. Um, there is more narrative than I thought because they really carefully build in uh, narration, basically, from another character you're talking to uh, who's in your head. And then there's a lot of that, you know, uh, like Bioshock. And other games where you find out lore and story through the things you find in the world. Um, And then, you know, there's bad guys and you've got to uh, do a bunch of missions to, you know, finish this loop, uh, death loop. But the actual goal of the game is to kill a bunch of people, uh, not like regular peons, uh, but like specific mini bosses, essentially. And right. they each okay. have their own skill and, you know, each each has their own kind of weakness, etc. And they each drop a weapon. So, uh, long story short, I, I didn't have a great experience because, and this is the main component, is that the combat itself, yeah, it's a roguelike, so you've got to, like, get better over time. In the mm-hmm. beginning, if you meet too many people, you're going to be screwed. But unlike uh, the, the confidence I felt in Far Cry 6's DLC that is a roguelike DLC... This one gave me no confidence that I could survive any sort of battle. And it's almost like you really have to be stealthy for most of the game. And then when you get stronger and stronger weapons, you can get a little bit more cocky. But it's still like any any moment you could just eat shit. And it just didn't feel fun to me because I didn't feel like I really could handle any situation anyway, like they say. Um, later on, you get abilities like the Dishonored Blink, and and it does make things easier. But there's these uh, enemies that are basically like, like guards, but they're um, alarms, essentially. So at okay. the minute they see you, they're like, okay, we're an alarm. Like, call everybody in, you know? And so if you don't kill that person, like in Far Cry, I can actually go up to the actual alarm and disarm it. But this one, I have right. to kill that person, you know? Right. So it just seems like they put a lot of things in place, <laughs> because of the style of game it is to make, not make you good at dealing with firefights. And that's not what I want. Like, that's not what I want on my roguelike experience. Cause I just had uh, something very unique to me is whereas as this first person shooter, I felt like if I was good at shooting, that's how I knew I could, you know, win the day in that roguelike. But in this one, it's not that this one, it's like, no, you kind of get this thing and then infuse a thing in the weapon. And then your fourth run Go get that other thing.
0: You know what I mean? I guess so. I have I have many questions. I mean, I've heard about this game. I looked into it. It didn't seem like my thing just for various reasons. Um, but from what I understand, it is roguelike in the sense that um well not not roguelike exactly, but I have heard it's more of like a like a Majora's mask, sort of a time loop thing where you, like you said like when you kill certain people they drop a weapon you can keep that weapon for future runs right like you don't lose those weapons you can right. keep them more, do But you? that's
1: what they're banking on you doing and and that's my point that that is a very roguelike thing it's like not only are you finding those mm-hmm. weapons and having to do certain things and not die to get them but then you have to it's called infusing so basically you're leveling up those guns uh, and then you're then you kind of get better you know what i mean but
3: mm-hmm. the
1: point is, is that i just never felt like strong to take on a huge firefight and it's like they don't really want you to play the game that way it seems like
0: well how is this okay so how is this different from Dishonored then because I mean that's a feeling that I had in Dishonored I felt like I was frequently overwhelmed I didn't really jive with the systems very much and I know that a lot of people really like the game a lot it's very popular in my circles I get it but it just wasn't for me but that kind of describes how I felt like um, you know, I I didn't like how I moved, and I didn't feel like I clicked with it. It just didn't work on my head. How is this different from Dishonored? I mean, it's the same developer, and it seems like on its surface there are many similarities. What's what's not working for you here that did work for you in Dishonored, or what's different?
1: Yeah, well, the first off, Dishonored at the end of Dishonored and Dishonored Two, I felt like a motherfucking badass in any melee or shootout situation, and essentially I think I did almost all melee, like blink, go to the enemy, kill them. You know. And there was this beautiful, like we talk about all the time, a flow that I got into. Okay. At the end, I, I, I would, you know, challenge anybody they threw at me and feel very confident about my situation. So that's the difference. I don't whatever they're building you towards in this, it takes a while, right? And it's not it still doesn't feel even with some really good weapons, it still feels like a roguelike where I don't know if this run I'm gonna do it, you know? And it, again in Far Cry Six to go back to that that DLC, I I know for sure that I can do pretty damn good for a while. Um, but really quick, the the other thing is about this, um, not like Dishonored <clears> is... Dishonored was, you know, a progression game. And you could stop and be like, okay, I beat like two levels or whatever. And uh-huh. this one, it's a straight-up roguelike. So not only do you have to just get better with the weapons, and again, in my opinion, don't I don't feel um, powered up enough, but you have to kill five specific people in, in quotes, one day. So your run has to be... Where you kill all of the bosses in one run, right? Like that's the goal of the game, and so that's pretty defeating. And yes, I know it's supposed to be because it's the, that style of game. But that see, yeah, that's how the how it's different from Dishonored. Where Dishonored, I felt like it kept getting stronger and progressing in a regular one player game. This gotcha. is this doesn't feel like a one player game where I thought it might. You know,
0: let me ask you then. So uh, to be specific, when you go well, like when you go through a level and then you you die or whatever, get back to send back to the start. Is everything exactly the same? My understanding was that things were exactly the same. Um, you just had to like, like you said, try to get a successful run. Of course, you're not going to do it the first time. You'd have to kill certain bosses, get some weapons, level those up, and then, you know, after a couple runs, theoretically, you would be strong enough to like take out the bosses. And plus, you would also know. And I think that's why um, a lot of people were kind of comparing it to to Majora's Mask, where everything is literally exactly the same. You just get back to the start. And once you do a couple runs, you remember where the people are, you remember where the guards are, you remember where the bosses are, and then you can like plot the most efficient route. Or are you saying that this stuff is totally randomized every time you go through? Is no, it exactly no, no. the same? Yeah,
1: it's the same. And there's, there's differences. <clears throat> um, the one thing I left out is that you can change the time of day that you go. So if you go in the morning, then maybe the guards aren't there. Or if you go in the evening, maybe they're drunk, which was funny. Some of them are drinking. And so they're easier to take out. And that's some interesting planning. And I'm not saying this game isn't interesting and very cool, because it is. It's just that feeling that I want from a game that I've talked about on the show a lot, which is yeah. feeling a little bit of empowerment. And I feel like this one, it's just like a carrot on a stick a lot of times. And and to that point, though, if when you go back to the world and say you're like badass and you have really good guns and you know everything that they're going to do, it's still a shooter and you still might miss that shot. And then the alarm guy turns his alarm on, you know, and then you're kind of like, wow, this run's going to be fucked, you know, gotcha. so even if you're good at it. So I don't know. It's just other games, I was just hoping for this to be similar to the experience I had with the Far Card DLC, and it wasn't. I still like it. Aesthetically, it's really beautiful, and I love all the style, uh, the sound effects, and the haptic feedback's really good. There's a lot to like here. I'm sure if someone likes roguelikes strictly, they'll really, really enjoy it, but I think I have to bounce.
0: All right. Well, that makes sense. That is um, Deathloop. I was going to mention really quickly, um, I know that Prey had a DLC which added a roguelike kind of element to it. It's called Moon Crash, I believe. Oh, yeah. You ever try that? I didn't,
1: and that does sound more uh, appealing to me because I'm good at Prey. (laughs) Maybe check
0: that out, but I think the structure kind of follows the same lines as Deathloop, so maybe... Maybe it'll work for you, maybe it won't, but that was another one that I was going to suggest to you. I couldn't remember in time for the episode last week, but I yeah, didn't remember just Yeah,
1: yeah, so. yeah. I'm sure it's like $6 or something probably, so uh, I'll just find it. Probably something like that. Yeah, so
0: okay. There we go. All right, anyway. All right, moving on. Let me talk for a minute about In My Shadow. This is a, gosh, how do you even describe it? I guess it's kind of, it's not really a 2D puzzle game. It's got a very basic kind of graphic style to it. In fact, it's, it's a pretty ugly graphics. It feels very beginner level, um, not very appealing graphics. And the premise of it is that, Oh, man, I'm struggling to remember the story because it was just that memorable. But the point of the gameplay is that you are a girl who has to manipulate objects in a room. So, OK, so let's say it's kind of like a Zelda perspective, kind of an isometric overhead ish at first. And what happens is you are in a room and there is a source of light at the, on the floor, like in the bottom screen. The light is shooting to the top of the screen. And what you need to do is you need to rearrange objects in the room so that the shadow coming from those objects will hit the top wall in a certain way so that you can um your shadow form can jump over those obstacles oh yeah, yeah. does shadow, that make any sh- sense yeah
1: shadow platforming and <clears throat> it's, it reminds me of that game we reviewed on the show what was that one where the you were the little girl and you had the Uh, the companion and you were like,
0: yeah, it's the one that you played a couple weeks ago. I think it was two shows ago. You talked about that one, but it seems similar
1: with those pictures. It's like, you're causing the shadows to do platforming, right?
0: Exactly. So that's exactly what it is. Each, it's like each level is like a little room. You move blocks or chairs or whatever, like you move things around and you can move them into the foreground or the background left and right. And you got to kind of arrange them so that those shadows form a traversable surface or a traversable series of platforms on the back wall um so that's basically what you do uh the story did not grab me like i said i couldn't even really remember what the story was uh, i do not like the art i think the art is real kind of crude and ugly and the action is if you like this kind of stuff like the shadow platforming that's what this is like 100 percent um it's i think it's okay uh, but i've never been the biggest fan of shadow mechanics in any game i feel like I feel like it always seems like a better idea than it is, and basically every Shadow game I've ever played has been kind of, like, really fiddly yeah. and really kind of sensitive. It's always about, like, moving something to, like, literally the exact right place, and it's just kind of it's kind of annoying, you know? Like, I just don't really get into those games very much, but I gave this one a shot really quickly, and it is one of those. If you like those, this is one of them, and <laughs> that's, that's all I got to say that's on it. that, man. That's yeah. it.
1: By the <clears> way, it also won a ton of awards, it seems like, for some reason,
0: so I don't know. I mean good
1: shadow Um, awards but they're not real awards they're shadow awards
0: awards. i'm glad if they won awards good on them that's awesome uh but yeah that was my basic experience of like oh it's one of these and then okay uh now what i do want to talk a little bit more about is lego builder's journey have you seen anything about this one i
1: think i saw the thumbnail Mm -hmm. but i didn't click it so i'm gonna look it up now
0: this is a really interesting one. Um, this is it's a Lego game, but it's not Lego in the sense of like any of those other Lego games that we play, like Lego Star Wars or Lego Lord of the Rings. Like it's not at all like those. This is really meditative and quiet. Um, it's a story of a big Lego person and a little Lego person. I mean, clearly it's supposed to be a parent and a child, and they're Lego, so there's not really gender there. You can you know could be a mom, it can be a dad, it can be uh, somebody in the middle. It doesn't you know? It doesn't matter. It's Lego. It doesn't matter. But each section of this game, it starts out like you only get like one little area of blocks. It's like um, section by section by section, like one room boards, basically. Um, and there will be like a, a gap in the middle of the floor, for example. And so there's a bunch of blocks, Lego blocks scattered around. You need to like maneuver them one by one to create a bridge so that the little child Lego person can reach the larger parent Lego person. And that's kind of what you do to get through the game. Um <clears throat> Excuse me. The graphics are, I mean, they look like Lego. Of course it's, it's totally Lego. So you know what that looks like, but the colors are really nice. The lighting is really good. Um, I think the, the music is really cool and just kind of chill. Each section kind of challenges you in different ways. Like sometimes you need to take really oddly shaped blocks. Like sometimes you get one that's got like a curve on it. And sometimes you get one that's got like three, three little pips on it, but you need one that's got five and you don't have that. So like, what can you do with the Lego pieces that you have, right? So I don't think that there's necessarily one right answer for each puzzle because I think many times I would solve each one of these. Like maybe I am I need to, to get my little Lego person up three floors or maybe I need to get them across a chasm or maybe I need to get them safely across some mud or something like that in there. And they're really small puzzles. And each time I did one, I usually had pieces left over. So like I'm like, okay, they, maybe there was like two or three different ways to do this. I used my creativity with the pieces that I had to kind of figure this out and I got a path going and that was successful. So that was good.
1: I would love and to then, know if that's the actual thing though. Like if you really can do it multiple ways, cause that makes it much more exciting to me.
0: I mean, that's my, that's my take. I don't know. I didn't like look on an FAQ to see like how many possible configurations there are, but that's, that's what I feel like because I don't think I've ever used up every single block in a puzzle. That's cool. Um, so it's cool. And it's just, it's all about like just this and there's no words, there's no talking. It's all about like what you take from the experience the, the, visuals, the music, and just the, the situation. Like in one part, uh, the parent Lego and the little child Lego, they, they get up a hill and then you build them a little, um, campsite. You put together like a tent, you put together like a little campfire, and then the little one goes to sleep. And then the older one is there and he's just kind of, he or she is just hanging out there and they're just chilling. And it's just like a mood piece, you know, like you're just Mm. supposed to take in the ambiance. You put a little Lego like on top of the fire and it goes, and like it puts the fire out like it's a kind of cool they do little extra effects like that and it's just like you know there's little moments like that where you're kind of like bonding or you're being kind of thoughtful but there's no words, no script it's just about what you put into it and, and what you get out of it i think it's a really cool experience i really like it a lot and i'm glad that it's not like the other lego games in that it's like madcap action and there's no wink, wink, funny, funny cutscenes or anything. It's all, it's supposed to be like more serious and more emotional. And I think it's very successful. I really like it a lot. It's uh, I played it on, I believe Xbox. I think it's also on mobile. Uh, And I think it's just really, I think it's on everything, honestly, but I think it's cool. I think it's really, really good. And if you like that idea of using these Lego pieces to solve little micro puzzles bit by bit, and to also study this relationship along the way, I mean, I give this a thumbs up. I think it's very cool.
1: It kind of reminds me of that Toadstool puzzle game. What's it? Toadstool?
0: wasn't it i don't know i don't know wasn't it told still
1: <laughs> just to say yeah. it a bunch of times until we you can say it two more times maybe. i know i think there was one that was like that but it's like these little mini scenes essentially mm-hmm. uh that you're like doing puzzles around and also reminds me of ilo milo or ilo milo or whatever that yeah is, yeah, where yeah you have two it's... people that have to meet and connect
0: boy that's a that's a deep cut that's from like xbox what 360
1: yeah i know i love that
0: game that's a while ago yeah i suppose anyway yeah so it's like that if this the puzzles are all pretty easy um They make you think a little bit. But I mean, if you've ever played with Legos, I mean, you got a pretty good leg up on it. And I think it's just really cool. It's like a cool little tone piece. It's only a couple hours long. I give it a thumbs up. I think it's really sweet. Neat. Neat. All right. Lego Builder's Journey. Recommend. All right. Moving on. Carlos, Grow, Song of the Ever Tree. This is one that you requested. I sent you a code. I don't know anything about this one at all. So fill us in all the way.
1: Yeah, I just uh, requested it because as I'm doing all these games and shooting and all this kind of you know, explosions and destruction. I was like, I need something to chill out with. Uh, I have a couple games on the list this uh, week about that. And this was one of them. So, Grow Evertree essentially is third person, uh, a game similar to, I, I don't want to reuse Harvest Moon all the time, but one of those games where there's things to do. Um, what do we want to call that? Like a busy work? That's
0: a work? very small genre. The, the genre of games with things to do, there's not many of those.
1: Yeah, there's nothing to do in most games. No, no, no. You know, like, where you have, like, it's not, I want to say busy work, but there's, like, planting of things and, you know, taking kind care of, like of routine, things. Kind of
0: like routine, kind of like maintenance kind of stuff. Like, yeah, and sure. also, I like, get
1: getting sure. stuff. Like, there's a lot of, um, <clears throat> it's almost an MMO-ish feel where, like... like
0: resource gathering kind resource of Resource
1: gathering, yeah. And, like, Valheim and stuff like that. So... It's kind of a, I guess it's kind of a cutesy Valheim. Um, I didn't know that this game was so catered to more of a younger audience. I think it really is after playing it for a while.
0: Oh, so it's kid focused.
1: I think it might be. Um, I mean, you can get, you know, you can call Pokemon. You can call a lot of things that are Animal Crossing, even like, you know, more kid friendly, uh, but adults play them. So I think you can, you know, go either way, but it was just a little, um, a little too cutesy at times for me.
0: Gotcha. Like artistically.
1: Yeah, artistically, and also uh, like vocals, because like at the beginning, you basically find out about the story, and the story is uh, there's a beautiful world, of course, and then it gets destroyed, of course, because of um, you know there's this is big tree, which almost every video game I think has.
0: Oh man, I'm so sick of the big tree. The dude. big I'm tree. I'm real yeah. sick of the big tree. It has dude. all yeah.
1: the energy. It's got everything.
0: Oh, it's so tired. I'm. I do something else, folks.
1: I know, but it's already. This is the, what this game is. It's called. It's in the title. Um, and so, and also, I guess at that time, you know, when the tree was beautiful, though, everybody was singing for some reason. Uh, and so then of course, you know, huge vines come up, destroy the tree and you are the lone alchemist left on the planet to basically fight back all the overgrowth and, you know, terribleness. So you start off the game and you meet your two companions, but they're like inanimate objects. One's a book and one's a chest. I forgot what the other one was. But Are they're you the like, only
0: kid with no friends? So you gotta like like make friends out of the stuff you own. I mean, like you could.
1: I guess that's no, no is the answer. <laughs> they're like magical beings, and they're like helping okay, you, yeah. Right. But like the book is, it's like kind of more of a female character, and and I just can't deal with like the voice sound effect they put on her. But it's just a little like almost like Pee-wee's Playhouse. That's what it reminds me of. Okay, gotcha. Which I love Pee-wee's Playhouse, but not in this setting. Anywho, they say like go on out and you know start you know, basically fixing this world up. And the whole game is essentially, I mean, there's a lot of upgrade path stuff, but there's like, you have the, you know, um, item wheel, and it's got an axe, and it's got a freaking hammer, and it's got plant seeds and all that stuff. Okay, like you gotcha. see seen tons of these, you know, Harvest Mooney type games. And you're doing that. And while I already know what this game is, because I, I feel like I've played this style game forever, the thing I did like is that it did feel very, very... Um, rewarding to just do all the stuff. So in the first section, there's all this overgrowth. There's all these, you know, weeds and stuff. And you're just like pulling up weeds and cutting down, you know, uh, bits and breaking up blocks and stuff. And then you're getting things and you're planting them. And after I did it, they are like, go home and go to sleep because you you earned it for today. Sure, I was like, sure. I do feel good about what I did today. <laughs> so that's all you really can ask for these types of games. And I think it delivers on that. It's like... A little cutesy, maybe a little more geared towards younger audience. But it really does that kind of like, you know, what's the you know, the reward feeling of yeah. doing a bunch of stuff. And also, by I, the way, because it's about, you know, the, it's called Song of Every Tree. At some point, uh, and this really was a shock to me, after I did some of the normal things, like planted a bunch of seeds and was waiting for things to grow. They're like, um, you should probably try to start singing. <clears throat> and I was like, what are you talking about? So you hit a button and you sing into the flowers or whatever,
0: and I they, you say you sing into the tree.
1: <laughs> well, you sing into the, I you don't know, planted things. Okay. And then that like uh, helps them grow, I guess.
0: Interesting. So is it like a little rhythm mini game or something?
1: No, it wasn't rhythm. It's just it's the same type of Harvest Moon thing where you go over to something, hit a button, like you're watering the flower, but instead oh, you're like you just, singing, just
0: sing a little bit just by pushing. Yeah, the button. and I'm like, okay. ah. <laughs> I'm like, what's up, ah.
1: I'm going to go over this thing.
0: Eh. One note for you. One note, note, for, note for you. For you one, yeah. One note for and you, I was like,
1: sure. I'm all pooped out. I'm going to bed. So oh, it's that kind of game, and you upgrade stuff. I mean, you know, I'm not going to go in length sure, about it. Sure,
0: sure. I think we've all played these types of games. Before,
1: yeah, so. but you know what? It's not like I'm not going to go back to it, because I am. I'm just not going to try to talk to that lady, lady book for some reason. She kind of annoys me. But besides her, um, it's just a relaxing thing, and it's a nice kind of change of pace. I'm sure a younger audience would even like it more, but it's relaxing.
0: Right. Excellent. That is Grow, Song of the Emerald Tree." Excellent. Uh, we're going uh. <laughs> to.
1: Sorry, I'm just giving you one real quick. <laughs> I gave you Fun one ride. back. There you oh, go. Thank you.
0: Yeah. We're, we're both growing a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's stay with you for just a moment. Now, you were playing a game that I really am excited about, but I just have not made the time for. It's The Good Life. Oh, uh, I actually yes. kickstarted this one. It comes to us from. Uh, genius, uh, cult favorite, sweary 65 I love Sweary. I've met him multiple times. Uh, we've talked, uh, multiple times. Uh, he's a great guy. I love Sweary. So full disclosure, I'm biased as fuck. I love Sweary and I love his games. Uh, ironically, though, I've just been, like, so busy. I really want to, like, take this, the time to play this one and just kind of sink into it. And I feel like I'm just, like, mentally too busy right now. I don't feel like I have the, the, the bandwidth in my mind to, like, really play it the way i want to so i keep putting it off and putting it off i mean maybe like once the post christmas season slows down i'll jump into it but i bought it i got i bought it and i got uh, it was on game pass i believe also and i got a kickstarter copy oh i think i have it like three different ways honestly damn um but i love sweary and i'm really really curious about this game so all i know about this game is that it's kind of like an open world i guess detective ish simulator which is similar to what he did with Deadly Premonition. I love Deadly Premonition. Do you ever play that?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally.
0: Man, I love Deadly Premonition so much. Genius, genius shit going on with Deadly Premonition. It's so good. Uh, but I believe this is kind of the same thing with like meeting people, finding out their secrets. Uh, but as far as I know, there's no combat and it's kind of replaced with photography. So sounds like it's right up my alley. I'm very excited. I, I apologize to I Swear if he's listening. I haven't gotten to it yet. I swear to God, I will play it. Uh, but Carlos, tell me what you think of the good life.
1: Yeah, I won't tell you too much because I know how excited you are, and, and yeah, anybody... no
0: spoilers. But tell us what you think?
1: Yeah, it's so it's definitely more like cutesy and almost like what I was just talking about with grow. Um, it's got a harvest moon component to it, so it's got that same kind of resource thing into it, and mm-hmm. you're finding resources everywhere. And there's there's literally like seeds, and and you can plant you know plants in your garden. So it's got some of that going on. It's got another resource thing, which is totally unique. And I will tell you about it. It's not a big spoiler. But because it's a photography game, uh, you can actually upload your photos to the internet. And there's actually hashtags and different like keywords that are doing well and trending. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, by the way, I was like, that's my life with TikTok right now. And I'm like, oh, no. I've got to do Man. it in my
0: game, too. Social in real life. Social and video games. I know.
1: Um, so there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on, but let me step back for a minute. The actual game is you play a woman uh who is from the big city and goes to a small town, and by the way, she hates the town, which is kind of hilarious. She's I mean, like, that's
0: funny right from the get go
1: Oh, yeah, she's like not being like it's not the what that classic story which you see in video games where she goes to a town to get away, uh like lake or something. It's like yeah. she like literally openly like mocks people. <laughs> in the beginning and i'm like oh this isn't your traditional game it's one of those games where it the look is not what the actual game is right we've seen that before and i'm trying to think what other game has done it well where the art direction and the feel of the game feels like you know a younger person game or a different style sure but this is a, a him game you know this is he has like a lot of things to say it's almost like um what's his butt with death stranding um, Hideo, oh, yeah, like Kojima, you know? yeah. yeah. It, it is like Kojima, really, because it's like um, an auteur or something. It's like he wants to say some things, but he's also hiding it within this like kind of cutesy game. Um, that said, the main objective of the game is you, you arrive in this town to figure out a mystery, and there's multiple mysteries, and that's where it can get weird, and I won't spoil anything, but I'm pretty far in it, um, and there's also a really interesting mechanic that I guess I can't talk about no, I won't. There's just so many spoilers that happen right away, right. Um, it's right. just basically the town that you you know interact with and you like you were talking about earlier, meeting all these people. you meet tons of people, really weird characters, but there's like a lot of mysteries and a lot of new mechanics that show up right away, like really early in the game. But like you also said, you wanted to sit down with it. Um, this is one of those games where you really should just stay and just play this game for a while because yeah. so much happens every day. I played it for like in, in game days, like a week straight or something. You know, like mm-hmm. evening and the morning, and and new things happen. Like it's not a game where you go, okay, I'm going to tend the garden for like f- six hours or something. It's like a narrative game, but it has the other trappings of resource stuff. So it, it's really interesting mix of stuff.
0: Now in a Deadly Premonition, it was. An interesting proposition because everybody had their own schedule. There was like a day-night cycle, but like also people like went to work and then they went home and they went to do things. And part of your job as a detective, uh York Morgan, one of the best game characters ever, as far as I'm concerned, uh, you had to like figure it out. Like you had to figure out like where did this person go? Like you could follow them. Like you had to figure out, oh, he's home, and then you had to like look through their windows. And if you look through a window that was open, you could see what they're you could spy on him and stuff. Like, is that same mechanic here where you're kind of like tracking people down following their schedules trying to get the dirt on them that kind of thing
1: it might be later on more but right now it's been pretty straightforward like by the numbers like i did have to go to a person's place at a certain time i think yeah like there was like you have to go at nighttime, and i'm like okay but it's been more straightforward than that like i I didn't have to deduce much if that's what i mean um but at the same time there's yeah lots of different tricky things to do um and it does feel pretty open-ended at times but there's also a narrative it's, it's really a weird juxtaposition is what i'll call it of, i have of one more question styles. for you
0: okay that sounds good now no question one of the things that was really hyped in the kickstarter and also in the uh trailer and stuff is like you can turn into like a dog or a cat oh like, all right well that big... was one of
1: the spoilers i wasn't going to tell okay you, but, yeah. I,
0: I didn't know if you were thinking this world it i mean i i guess if you don't know anything about the game sure but like it was in the trailer and it's been it's been a lot talked about okay so, I don't know much about it other than the fact that originally you could only be a cat and people were like, hey, wait a minute, we like dogs. And so they added dogs. And there's some kind of a rivalry between if we are a dog person or a cat person. How does that play out for you? Have you done any of the animal transformations yet? Or like, how does that work?
1: Yeah, you do it right away. That's what I was saying. Like one of the okay. biggest. And then if we're already talking about it. No, there's still a spoiler about it. OK, I won't spoil the reason why uh, okay. you can be a cat because that's actually pretty funny. Um, but at some point in the very beginning, you can be a cat and I guess later on, you can be a dog, but I'm, I'm just a cat right now. And yeah, it's really fun because at some point, as soon as you get that ability, you can do it anytime you want. It's like, it's like just a button. So you basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like if you're walking along, you just become a cat and go again, traverse places you can't get to when you're a person. Um, so it really just makes the whole city an interesting place to explore two different ways. Um, yeah, I don't want to say too much because it feels like there's like spoilers all the time in this game. And it really feels like an interesting, weird narrative game with almost, with trappings of uh, abilities and like, um, you know, ma- uh, resource management stuff. Like the photography stuff is endlessly fun. It reminds me of Pokemon Snap or any other, you know, photography game. What was that one that I played? Um, the new PS5 game with the little food people the food monsters.
0: Oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, it's like that. I, yes. I know. I, I can literally see it. In my This is the old person podcast, by the way. Yeah. You game. know Everyone that has, game. Young enough to remember. what Anyways, the all these games are called. Yes. Anyway. So,
1: but like you can take pictures of anything. Right. And so if you do take pictures of things that have those certain tags in them, like I said earlier, that are hot right now, then you can upload it to the computer and then you get money. So essentially there's a, like a money mini game too. Um, uh, and so, yeah, it's a mystery resource game and a photography game. And it's also weird. And I did th- like the thing that I know you'll like, and I think a lot of people will is it's not what it looks like on the f- face value. You know, there's like a- another layer hidden, um, Right. but it's also cutesy too. It's like, it's almost like Simpsons where adults can get something out of it differently, you know?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, this looks great. I'm very excited for this. Like I said, I kickstarted it. I love all the swears games. I mean, Uh, You know, I have my favorites out of what he's done, but even the ones that I don't care for as much always have something interesting to say and they're very curious. And he definitely is like an auteur. I think he's got his own style. He's got his own sensibility. He's got things that he wants to comment on. Um, and I just, I, everything that he does, I'm like, I, I want to see what this guy is doing because he's always doing something interesting. So that's excellent.
1: I'm going to sit down and I'm going to, uh, I think there's only one other game I'm really like focused on right now. So I'm going to try to, I don't know how long it is, but I really don't want to just want to finish it. You know, it's so intriguing because you know, something else is around the corner. So uh, I'll get back to you on the podcast about it and I won't tell you the ending, but I will probably give you an update.
0: All right, right on. So that is the good life currently available on game pass. And I believe it's also on playstation and pc of course i don't know about switch um so we can check that out i'm going to talk about um a game called where cards fall this is on the switch but while i'm doing that carlos look up that game that we couldn't remember the name of it's the food game with the photo that because there's been a couple food game or photo games recently there's this one that we can't remember the name of where it's like the food there's one that i talked about last week that's on the ps5 which was from like Sweden or something. Wait, wait,
1: wait! Now that I did that, and I know this is going into our time, but real quick, yeah, uh, I typed in "food game PS5" and that game that I've always wanted to tell you about that I don't think it's out yet. It's called Noor, N O U R. I don't
0: know. I don't. Oh know my
1: goodness! I'm so excited. Look it up later. It, it's where you like. It's just you like move a food around, but it looks graphically so beautiful. You're just like moving what? food around. Anyways,
0: that, I don't think we've ever talked about that game. Okay, and I've like been thinking about it for
1: like a year. Uh, so Interesting. I'm glad I typed that in. Um, uh, <laughs> it's the guys who brought your Octodad. It's the guys who brought your Bug Snacks. Oh,
0: Bug Snacks, really? Bug Snacks. That's what the one we were thinking of. It has it the-
1: has trappings of that. This game does kind of.
0: Gosh, what is the other one that I just played? I really want to get a shout out to that one, too, because it was really good. It was Toem. Is oh, yeah, yeah, Toem, game. yeah. Totally. That's really good. Yeah. And I think that one guy, David, at Game Critics, just reviewed another photo game recently. So, like, photo is, like, the thing to do this year. I think S- Nuts came out this year also, where you photograph squirrels. Uh, okay. uh, lots of photo stuff this year. Anyway, okay. Uh, where Cards Fall. This is another puzzle game. Uh, I have to admit, I wasn't exactly sure what kind of game this was, uh, but it's it's a I guess an indie game that kind of tells a it wants to tell kind of a one of those kind of vague yet still has a story narratives where they don't spell everything out for you. And maybe some things are not told in linear order, but you kind of just like look at the scenes and kind of figure it out. Mm. Um, not working for me very well. I don't like the way that the story is told. I feel like it's a little bit too vague and I'm not really connecting to it in any sense. So what's left for me is the puzzle element which i wasn't sure what it even was but once i started playing i figured it out pretty quick essentially you have I, I i feel like i hesitate to even call it a it's not a card game i mean it looks like cards the cards in the title but really it's not a card game like really at all uh what you do is you go into another small single room puzzles where Your person has to get from like A to B, and there's like, uh, you know, water you have to cross, or like maybe one ledge is higher than the other. And where the cards come in is like in each area that there's trouble, like there's a missing floor or a bridge is broken or something, there's like a card on the bottom of the level. And what you need to do is you need to move it around, and then you can make it bigger or smaller, and then you can like move it to a certain position, and then you can make it like raise up. So honestly, it's like, It's more like making a magic box appear than it really is about cards in any way. So I feel like it's like slightly misleading.
1: It's like stacking Um, cards, not using them in a card game with points.
0: Yeah, there's no card game mechanics or anything like that. I didn't get too far, but apparently there are different suits of cards which have different abilities. Mm, But it's not a mm. card game. It's not a deck builder. It's nothing like that at all. It's about... Physically getting through these areas by using these cards and the first suit you get like that are like like boxes Mm. You can make it a small box. You can make it a big box, but it looks like cards that are kind of like Growing into the shape of a box or something. So you just go through these levels um, You know each between each level there's like a little bit of like um, kind of story which is kind of hard to follow and then you get to the level and you use these cards to Get from one place to the next and I have to admit I was a little bit confused by this whole experience because I don't know why they went with the card theme it seems like it could have very easily been a box. It could have very easily been mushrooms. It could have been, like, anything. So I don't know why they chose cards. I feel like I kind of was expecting one thing. I didn't get it uh, because the cards don't act the way I thought they would. And it's just it's just about, like, like these puzzles. Like, I didn't realize it was going to be such a puzzle-heavy focus experience. I mean, I guess that's on me for not doing my due diligence and, like, reading reviews and watching YouTube before I started the game. But, um, you know, you look at a couple screenshots and you think you maybe got a feeling for it. And in this case, I actually really didn't. So... Uh, it's another one kind of like in my shadow where it's just very segmented, very puzzle focused. If you like to do puzzle after puzzle after puzzle, maybe check it out. If you like those kind of vague indie story games, maybe check it out. Uh, neither one of those things really clicks with me. So this one was kind of a mess, but
1: it seems like I do ahead. like the art style though. Do, do you like the art style? Yeah. yeah. It seems the art good. style
0: is pretty nice and yeah. the music is pretty nice. So like aesthetically it's really pleasing. Um, I just, I just, didn't really care for the gameplay, honestly. Just this moving of cards, which are not really cards, and just like solving, you know, because sometimes it's like move it to this exact spot, and then this leaves just enough room for this other card to go, and then you put this other card, which is really a box, and that goes there. And like I just, I just don't like these little fiddly, find the exact perfect position kind of puzzles. Like those mm. just don't do it for me. Like, they kind of really annoy me. So uh, unfortunately, I chose two of them this week. Don't ask me why. It just kind of happened that way. But I, that's like missing and a mess for me. So. Where Cards Fall, I think it looks great, sounds great. And if you like those kind of games more than I do, which is I'm mean, very possible, I bet a lot of people out there would really like this one. Check it out. Not for me, unfortunately. All right. All right. Where Cards Fall, that was it. Let's go to you, Carlos. We've got two games left. Uh, Lost in Random. I was really looking at this one. I've almost pulled the trigger on this multiple times, but I just haven't made the decision. And to be honest with you, I was listening to uh fellow podcaster john uh from Reykjavik over at uh gaming in the wild shout out to his podcast uh quick quick diversion i found out that our podcast is the podcast he listened to most this year we are his number one podcast yay yay so thank you for listening john thank you uh and honestly i believe that his podcast is the one that i listen to the most so i think i'm returning the favor there There you go um but i listened to his show where he covered lost in random And for the first half of the show, he was like uh, puffing it up. And I'm like, oh, man, it sounds so good. I'm going to buy this as soon as I get home because I was listening in the car. And then he got to the second half of the show. And I'm like, nope, not going to buy this at all. Scratch it off my list. So I'm very curious to see where you fall on this. Tell us all about Lost in Random, sir.
1: Well, tangent number two, then, before we get started, um, I do this a lot. And it's always a kind of organic thing that happens. And I also love it is I'll either be watching some sort of piece of media uh, and then playing the game. That's kind of a similar vein of that. Right, like so. I'm watching Cowboy Bebop for a little while, then I played Mass Effect or something. You know, sure, something in the same bucket. Yeah, yeah. I I love that. So I'm reading this book by Ian Stewart. It's called "Do Dice Play God," which is a joke on Einstein's um, "Do Does God Play Dice," and it's about random. It's about randomness and chaos theory and what is at the heart of the idea of something that's random because it's every day we experience something that's you know uh, not in in our control and it, it seems to be random. Exactly. So as yes. I'm reading that book, I was reminded of that game. And then I reminded of him talking about it actually on the podcast in the positive sense and saying that it had some like jank and some bugs and stuff. But also it was really cool. So it was kind of a um, an always purchase for me because I love that art style so much. And I was very intrigued by, again, a card style combat uh, with a third person, you know, action game, because that's what this is. So anyways, I pulled the plug. Uh, It's a perfect mix for I read the book and then I go play the game. But it is essentially Tim Burton, the adventure game. So this is Nightmare Before Christmas. It's the exact same style. There's so many characters that look just like, you know, from that movie, Uh, which is only a good thing. It's a beautiful homage, I think, of that style. And you play a a little girl who's going to look for her sister who got captured. Uh, No spoilers, really. But her name's Even and her sister's name is Odd. And Ah. yeah, but what's really cool about the game and you might've heard this in the, in the, his review, but it's really about class systems. Like it's a dark, visually dark game, but it's also like a dark idea of, you know, the ones like on a dice one through six, the ones are are, are people that are designated a one and they are in, you know, one town or whatever. And there's two town and you know, it goes up. And in the six world, is where the queen is and you know that's like royalty and think of any like social system right uh rich people poor people uh middle class etc so it's really a story about that like literally in the very beginning you you know get called names for being w- where you're from and they're telling you you're designated to do this in life which is so on point for right now right. um so this game is really interesting on that level Now, the actual gameplay is, you know, third person running around, um, jumping, and, um, yeah, I think, yeah, you jump. And you're doing some puzzles and stuff like that, but it's really about meeting the characters. It's really about talking to um, different people. You have a little slingshot, and throughout the whole game, you can use it to, you know, find resources, coins or something. And then you meet Dicey, and Dicey is an actual dice, and basically you are able to converse with Dicey and what Dicey does is when you get into combat, uh, you can literally pause the game by throwing Dicey. And when you throw Dicey, then you use your cards. And you collect cards and buy cards throughout the game. And there's an actual character who like sells cards. And so when you have these cards, you know, by throwing Dicey, you're pausing the game. And then you can use the cards. And some of the cards are like, uh, give you health back, or they're going to freeze enemies, or they're literally weapons. So when you're running around and you're those bad guys, you know ne- you don't have a weapon to start with. But what you do is you have your bone arrow, I mean a bone arrow, your slingshot, and you knock off resource points off of the enemies. And I know this is gonna be a little weird to explain on a podcast, but does that make sense?
0: Each so you're using a slingshot to knock off some kind of resource from the enemy, and yes. then you get the resource and what do you do with it? And then
1: you use that for the cards. Because the cards take a resource. And so you're you're buying the cards with another resource, but that's like when you're not in combat. But when you're in combat, you can fight with you know you basically you're using your cards as weapons. So one card is a sword, one card's a bow and arrow, one card is effects. Like you know you can have not just weapons, but you can have like
0: so. There's a deck builder element to it. Yes,
1: totally, totally. Okay. Okay. And, and but the thing is, is that if you run out, you know, because everything has sustainability, which is kind of unfortunate. But so your sword will go away then you've got to go back to that game of knocking resource points off of the enemy. I've never played a game with this kind of combat, but I am here to say it is very rewarding and feels good every time I use it.
0: So Um, you like the combat. The combat sounds, I mean, it sounds a little complicated. I'm sure it's one of those things where if you play it, you get it, listening to it's a little bit more confusing, but I I think I'm picking up on what you're saying. So that part sounds good, um, but what about the rest of it?
1: Yeah, I mean, what was the part that he had a problem with?
0: Um, I think part of it was just, like, so much of it, like, was just biting on Tim Burton's steez, like, a little too much, and also that, like, it was janky, and there were some problems, and the other, like, the non-combat parts, I think John said, were, were pretty boring, like, oh, I he disagree. wasn't into the story, he wasn't into, like, the stuff you did when you weren't fighting. Yeah,
1: that's great, so, I mean, that, again, it's subjective, right, like, uh, if you like Tim Burton, for one thing, when people do an homage in a certain style, uh, if they do it right, then it's awesome. Like, I don't think there's, it's not copying here. It just feels like its own story. And again, I don't know if he talked about this, but it's really about uh, class systems. That's what really this this whole story is about. And for me, that's endlessly interesting. Um, You know, there's funniness too. There's comedy. But for me, I liked all the adventure stuff. It all seems pretty happening pretty fast. I bet you it doesn't seem like the game's super long. Um, I'm already in three town and I got to get to six town. Uh, so no, I would disagree, you know, subjectively, I, I enjoy the story bits. Um, and I really like the combat, like the combat, again, seems complicated and talking about it, but once you do it, there's just such a relaxing thing to it because there's the action part, but I love a game, you know, like a turn-based RPG where you can stop for a minute and kind of like assess what's going on. Sure. Um, and there's so many times that I was like, I thought I'm dead but I I was able to pause it, think about it, use the right cards and come back. And the other thing is there's also like board games that you do in this. So really quickly, you know, use that same style of fighting bad guys and turn-based kind of moments, but you're moving a chess piece or something. And by how do you move the chess pieces by throwing dicey. So now this sounds complicated. You throw dicey. It pauses the game. You pick in your weapons. When you unpause it, the, the piece that you're trying to move moves how many that dicey is. Does that make sense? I think so, yes. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty complicated saying it on a podcast. But then there's a second mini game or the fact that you're, like, trying to unblock places for the piece to move. So I did, like, three of those board games already, and they were another kind of fun reason to play the game because you're trying to figure out how to traverse all this action, pause the game, move your chess piece, and I don't know. I think it's such a unique game that on that merit alone, it is like, it's
0: a total thumbs up for me. I really, really it sounds it. really interesting. It sounds really interesting, but man, I feel like John's taste in mine line up pretty well. Yeah. I don't recommendations, think you I like, like, like Yeah. I'm, I mean, but, that's the thing is like uh, you and I sometimes mesh, but when I, you know, like I don't know that we always mesh cause there's definitely certain things that you and I diverge on and, it sounds good, but, like, man, I don't know. I'm not not quite convinced.
1: Well, here's the other thing, and I don't know if it's – is it on Game Pass? I don't know if I'm playing no, I No, it's I, not on Game Pass. It is not, yeah. No. Um, but I think in general, like, we've played every video game. I can confidently say that. we play sure. pretty much every For video sure. game. Confirmed, confirmed. I've never played a combat style like that, and that's saying something, like, ev- ever. Like, yeah. ever. And the idea that you're doing two types of, like, like um, playing a board game and – playing a card game and I'm doing action like that's just fun as shit in my opinion so yeah I don't know even the little bits that are in between I would I don't know if he said he finished it but uh, not just make it about his review but the the again that deeper lying underlying story they're talking about with the class system that's really important for right now so I think it's like interesting that last tangent it's it makes it palpable I can never say that word palatable palatable
0: <laughs> palatable as in the sense that it makes it like easy to easy digest yeah yeah, yeah palatable okay, gotcha.
1: because like i think younger people could play this and not like understand that they're getting a lesson you know about right the middle class the lower class and the higher class all that stuff so i think it's really really good
0: yeah okay well that's a good that's a good uh show of support for that game i mean i didn't i didn't take it off my wish list right like i'm kind of waiting for like a good sale and maybe i would pop for it because I mean, the combat does seem interesting, and just like that style of game is one that I, you know, I sometimes really can get into. But I was not going to pay full price for it. So I mean, that's a pretty good vote from you, and about half a vote from John. So maybe if it does dip into a pretty good price, maybe I'll pop.
1: And I think I, I think I got it on sale because remember that they had the Black Friday, Cyber Monday. I think it was only like. I want to say or something
0: okay that's not too bad maybe I'll check it out see if it's on sale we'll see so okay that is lost in random uh one more game to talk about and then we are going to bring on our special guest this episode uh Kinsey Burke from Chuhai Labs we're going to get to that in just a minute but before we do I have a very Uh, surprising game to talk about it's called chorus have you heard of it carlos i have
1: i keep seeing the thumbnail it every time intrigues me but i don't understand what the game is
0: so this had a trailer of a trailer that caught a lot of people's attention and i believe it was like either the beginning of this year or maybe even last year uh it showed a lady in some armor and she was inside this like really sleek looking spaceship and she was like blowing shit up left and right and like flying through space and it just looked really exciting and you know like everybody's like oh man the game looks dope like what's it all about and then it kind of disappeared for a while just like just it you know submerged and we didn't hear anything back so i have been playing a pre-release code from the developers it's currently under embargo but an embargo drops december 3rd which is when the show goes up so by the time this is published the embargo will be out or off or over or whatever you want to say Uh, So this is a very, very, very surprising game to me. Um, It looked cool on the trailer, and that's what really got me to play it. And I think that this game is, I mean, not to like oversell it, but I feel like it's probably the best space game that's ever been made. Whoa, Um, that's some strong words. It's some strong words. I've played a lot of space games. Um, I, I mean, I don't know that I've played everyone, but I feel like that's a genre that I really want to like, and I struggle to find games in that genre that really click with me. Uh, A lot of times you end up, you know, like you you fly through space and it's just like a bunch of blackness and some stars and you're usually just kind of like chasing your crosshairs, spinning in circles, trying to get your enemy in their sights. And it's just it's not that great. And then sometimes you're flying for like these like super long distances between stars if you're playing a shipping game. And I mean, you know, various levels of realism, depending on which game you play. But I haven't really ever found one where I'm like this this nails like what I want it to feel like. And to be frank, I think that actually flying in space is probably boring as shit. Like incredible distances, not a lot going on. in real life. mean? In real life. Yeah. Yeah. In real life. It's probably the most boring thing in the world. Like you die before you get there because it takes generations, nothing to look at. Like, it's probably really boring, but what I want is a space game that feels as exciting as I think it should be, which is totally fictitious and wrong and doesn't make any sense in terms of physics and stuff like that. Right. But like, that's what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. This game nails it like those people the people who made this game totally are on my level where they're like I want to play a space game and I want to fly a spaceship but it's got to be fucking exciting like all the time and I don't want to feel like I'm just spinning around in a black void and I don't want to just be boringly chasing my crosshairs while like my enemies constantly on my six like and they get it man they totally get it so just putting that out there I feel like this is probably the best one I've ever played like ever ever
1: before we get into Um, it too far I have one main question yeah and I, I think I already know the answer, but I'm going to hope that it isn't. Uh, can you ever play third person as the character
0: itself and not just a spaceship? As far as I know, no, you oh. are only ever in your ship. Yeah. OK, so I was wondering that, too. I mean, maybe there's I haven't finished the game, to be fair. So maybe there's a section later on, but I feel like that's not going to happen. Okay. I don't think I don't think the physics are there for it. Um, so just to give you a quick nutshell on the story, uh, you basically play this character who was part of a cult. She was like one of the main assassins for the cult. She falls out of the cult and decides not to keep doing that life. She tries to disappear. Her past catches up with her and then she's kind of dealing with the ramifications of that. So, you know, pretty standard kind of a story. We've seen stories like that many times. I will say if this game has a weak point, I think it kind of is the story because it feels like it starts off a little too quickly. I feel like I didn't really get a good sense for the character before we started talking about her past, before we started talking about her present. I mean, it feels a little rushed, and a lot of the game is told in flashbacks, which I'm never really the biggest fan of. So I feel like the story's okay. Um, It's not bad, and I feel like there's probably more stuff to come, but uh, it's a pretty typical standard story that we've seen many times, and the way that it's told is not super clicking with me. But that's okay, because the rest of the game is pretty dynamite, uh, if you want the action. Um, So you start off in a really small fighter ship later on, you get to try like a big, kind of like a a much larger ship and they handle differently. Uh, But the real key to the game is you get this one special ship. It's like a sentient ship that has AI in it. It's it's shown in all the trailers. This is not a spoiler. Um, The ship can talk to you. Uh, The ship has attitude because this was your partnership. When you were in the cult, when you left the cult, you had to ditch the ship and the ship is pissed that you ditched it.
1: Oh, that's Um, cool.
0: So when you come back to find it, it's like, fuck you like you left me in this cave for like six years you said you were coming right back and you never came back so what the fuck so you have a little bit of that to deal with and the ship is constantly talking to you like yeah we're partners no i don't really trust you yeah i'm still mad at you so they kind of go through that which i think is pretty cool i like that i like the ship being uh, an aware ship like an ai ship or something that's pretty cool uh, it's also neat because the physics of this game are 100 percent not realistic right But in the best possible way, like these guys developing this game, they understand when it is the right decision to break the laws of reality in order to make a fun game experience. Right. So your ship handles a certain way which is which does not follow like actual space physics. Right. But I'm glad because real space physics are boring and they suck and it's not fun. You can't get your Star Wars type battles in real space physics like, you know, ships don't move like that in space. But this is a fun experience. And that's cool. I'm totally fine with that. I like it. But. You can hit a button, and when you hit a button, the ship kind of, like, semi-transforms, which looks pretty badass, and it kind of changes the physics on the ship, but only when you want it to. So, for example, you can fly like a regular ship. It kind of feels like you're in the air, but when you need to get into some combat where, like, you need to cut the inertia and, like, strafe a little bit, or, like, you need to do some, like, real zero-G shit, you hit this button, and the physics change, and you can do it whenever you want. So, like, when it's advantageous, or when it makes sense, or when you feel like you're mentally ready for it, hit the button go into like the zero G mode. And then like, you can really like turn your ship around and spin and do all these crazy maneuvers. And when you don't want to do that, when you don't want to fuck with like actual inertia in space and micro adjustments and stuff, you transform back and it's like, Oh, it just handles more like an airplane, which is super more manageable, way easier to deal with. And I think that's, it's such a smart, cool decision on their part. I really like it. It's, it's genius stuff. Love it.
1: Would you say it's transforming?
0: It is transforming to the genre. Absolutely. I would say it's transforming in space. genre. Yeah, it's the, other, the other. It's super interesting. And the, the other part where this game really fucking nails it is in the level design. Now, this is this is where most space games completely fall on their face because they think space, you're in a, a black void and off in the distance you can see like a nebula. But like, what are you actually doing? The most you ever get is like an asteroid field or something. Or maybe like you fly by a planet that's like far in the distance. But really, you're just like suspended in space it doesn't feel like you're doing anything what what chorus does is brilliant it's really brilliant so what happens is they send you in these levels where there's shit all around there's like space stations that are really close by there's asteroids there's rocks there's little structures there's like you know like kind of a civilization growing in space and what this does is is it gives you quote unquote like a landscape like a landscape that's like suspended in space so you always have something to orient to there's always something to fly next to like you're flying through a little canyon or you're flying above a rock or you're flying next to a space station so it feels like you're not just out of the fucking void like it feels like you're moving and because things are near you you get a sense of speed and you can always remember where you're at because there's like landmarks you're right. not just in blackness of space right it sounds like, so, like levels them,
1: space, like levels
0: it's like it's like a little world they've set up but it's suspended in space and so you still have the space environment you're still on a spaceship you can still go up and down in any direction. But there's all this stuff that, like, our human brains want to orient to because we are not made to live in zero G, right? And so we mm. need to have an up and a down, and we need to have a north and a south, and we need to have things to look at because that's how our brains work. And they've done that here while also keeping it a space game. It's fucking amazing. It's so good because it just works, right? Like, it it takes what you need as a player to feel comfortable, to feel action, to feel speed, to feel like you're doing things. But it also keeps a space theme of, like, you know, zero G, spinning around. Um, no true up and down. But it marries it in such a perfect way that it just feels so good to play this game. And it's there's no learning curve. Like you jump into the plane and you like you're immediately like, Oh yeah, I know what to do.
1: Yeah, you just know and you just do.
0: like intuitively start flying around and shooting shit. It's the best. Mm-hmm. You're like,
1: it's so good. You know what's interesting is this Deep Silver uh, developed this. Uh, also it's called Fish Labs, which is Fish a, Labs. a version of, of their Deep Silver, I guess, like a a studio within the studio or whatever. And they worked on Maneater. Uh, and that oh, sounds very similar to how you're explaining because in Maneater and this is um, makes sense in comparison, you're in the water a lot, right? Yes, but yes. you never feel that way because whenever I play that game, which I love by the way, you always feel like you understand the speed like you said and you, you wouldn't think it'd be fun, but it is because they make you jump out of the water and land on something else, you know. Yeah. So it does seem there's some engine there that they may be shared.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, it may possibly an engine, but certainly like a concept, like understanding flight or swimming, right. like what that means in real life, and don't simulate it to the point where you strip the fun out of it, right? right? Like this game, in no way would I ever hold this up as like a true physics simulator. And that's what I like about it, right? Like they, they give you what you think space flight should feel like, not what it actually feels like because it's super boring. And, you know, it, it's like Star Wars, like you feel like you're playing like a Star Wars ship or something. That's not real at all. It's like fucking fantasy. Like no way does physics adhere to that. But it's cool, and I like to play stuff that makes you feel cool and is fun and is exciting. Totally nailed it, right? So that's that's all brilliant and good stuff. Um, I think the art is good. The The graphics are really good, like lots of cool like lighting effects, and the ships look nice. Um, you can upgrade your ships, like get different lasers, and there's also uh, upgrades based on performance. So let's say, for example, you like to use your laser a lot. The more you use the laser, the better it gets, which is pretty cool. Um, I think it's just, it's a really fun game. You have a little side quests that you can do to get extra gear. There's a main storyline. You can beeline if you want to um, stuff to explore, you know, it's all like none of it is a drag, right? Like the leveling up is not, it's enough to make it feel good, but not enough to make it feel like work. The side quests all offer something a little differently and they're all super short. So you can do them if you like, if you skip them, you don't feel like you're missing too much. But if you do do them, it's a little bit different flavor. Sometimes it's a chase. Sometimes it's finding something. Sometimes you're just like doing a battle just to change it up if you like, but you can do those or not. And I think overall, it's just really well paced. Love the way it controls, love the design. I think it's just really, really good. I mean, my only my only complaint, like I said at the beginning, is I think the story could be told a little bit better. I'm not feeling a whole heck of a lot for the main character, or the main plot. I wish, I wish it was a little bit, it had taken its time a little bit more. Like I wish I had grown to like the characters more before we kind of got thrown into the thick of it. Yeah. Um, I feel like it got a little bit too strong of a start or too quick of a start. Um, so that's a soft part and I, I, wish that was better, but I mean, it's hard to get too upset about it when just flying around and moving the ship and just being in space is just so badass.
1: It's so fun. Yeah. It's, so two things, that, uh, one is back on my radar because after you said all the stuff you said and I know who's working on it. Um, it just seems like that's a fun time and like the actual gameplay part of it. Secondly, what you said about the story, it makes sense. Cause these are the same people, not the exact same people, but like deep silver is saints row. Right. Yeah. So yeah. this is like, yeah. And, and man is like, yeah, there's a story, but go have fun, you know?
0: Yeah. So I yeah. feel
1: like that's maybe what, again, but like uh, when you're saying like a feel, you know, like the developers might have a feel. It's like, hey, build these worlds that are really fun and interesting to go into and play. So even without that good story, because it does really enough, the artwork all looks like control you know
0: it's very yeah it's got definitely tones of that yeah
1: and you're like oh it's going to be this you know interesting uh deeper story but it doesn't sound like it is that it's just this kind of fun sandbox almost in a way space sandbox
0: yeah Yeah. i mean you know and to be fair i haven't finished it maybe the story gets better as it goes but i mean to be perfectly honest the story is 100% not why i'm playing this game yeah it's really just because it feels so bad but you know maybe it gets good who knows we'll see i'm gonna keep playing but so far i mean this is like This is what I feel like an awesome space game should feel like. And no game really feels as good as this one does. This one to me so far is at the top in terms of how it feels for sure. Nice. All right. That is chorus. Good stuff. It should be out, I believe, December 3rd. So look forward to that. By the time you're listening to it on this podcast, uh, the embargo will be up and the game will be out. So there you go um as for right now we are going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk to special guest kinsey
3: Kinsey burke Burke. from chew high
0: labs we'll be back in a moment we'll be back in a moment bye and we're back okay that was a nice break and with us we are joined by a special guest kinsey burke now kinsey the three of us go back a ways uh when you were recording with carlos way back in the day on his podcast i guested with you guys sometimes and we did like a little uh, you know kind of the same array uh, on our show back then and now we're kind of recreating it here for modern listeners i'm very excited uh welcome back and i mean welcome back for us i mean a lot of people probably <laughs> this is our first time hearing you so it's just a welcome but uh welcome back to the brad and carlos show i guess
1: oh we <laughs> oh, have an applause i have an applause, applause. I
3: have applause. Oh, there it nice. is, is yay yeah thank you so much yeah like uh you were saying we go back a ways like I'm t- i was trying to actually remember like when uh, Carlos and I did that podcast. Was it like five years ago? Like,
0: oh, my More goodness. than five? I a actually don't know. <laughs>
1: amount of years. That's all
0: I know. Yeah, <laughs> several years. I mean, I was living back in Ballard and I've moved since then. And I've like, my child has aged since then. And like, COVID <laughs> happened since then. And like, all sorts of shit's been going on <laughs> since that time. But it's been really, it's been great to have you back. I'm so excited to talk to you. Now, I, I see you once in a while on Twitter and I kind of keep tabs like as a lurker that way. But why don't you tell us, like, I mean, for people who don't know, who are you? Why are you here? What's up?
3: Like, I've been in the like games industry for a while. I was on YouTube for a number of years before I uh, got into the games industry. At the moment, I am a producer over in Chuhai Labs, which is a uh, publisher and developer over based out of Kyoto, Japan.
0: Nice. Excellent. Now, you were on YouTube. You were doing a lot of stuff with, uh, what, Metal Jesus Rocks for a while?
3: Yeah, yeah. I was a, a contributor on Metal Jesus Rocks for years. And if COVID... Wasn't a thing. Probably would still be doing videos with them.
0: Oh man, yeah. Fuck COVID, dude. Can we all just right? get a collective fuck COVID? Yes, yes we can. Man, I don't have that
1: COVID. button. I don't have that button in the in the in the sound. Effects, you got to program that in the sound, sound, to make that, sound yeah. thing for next time. And by the way, the other thing, uh, Kinsey and I uh, connected on was video game break. That was the podcast we we're talking about. Um, obviously, Brad was on it a bunch too. But yeah, that was many moons ago. And so I thought we'd you know bring you back, talk about video games, and let's just get into it because we only have a little bit of time. What games are you playing right now, Kinsey Burke?
3: So right now I'm playing Call of the Sea. And I started playing it because it's going to be leaving Xbox Game Pass soon. And it was kind of one of those games that I was like, I should play that. And then just never did those kind of games. Yeah. But then then I saw that it was leaving and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And it's a a first person adventure game that takes place in like 1930s South Pacific. And I already really like that era. So that's that's the thing that drew me in first uh but the story is really cool like you basically play as this woman who has this strange disease and her husband went on this huge expedition to find a cure on this like remote island and you haven't heard from him in a long time so you're going to the island and trying to figure out what the hell happened so it's pretty fun like it's uh you you like go through like his different like campsites and you kind of like go along their journey and what happened because the island it starts to get a little bit more like spooky and supernatural and it has a lot of like puzzles that make me feel like an idiot
1: <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah it looks a little bit like a first person like the witness or something
3: yeah yeah it's similar and uh, it does a lot of that adventure game stuff where it's like there's this one puzzle I could not figure out. And cause I like already basically understood what I was supposed to do, but in true adventure game fashion, there was something dumb I had to do to like trigger the, the next thing
0: right oh
1: my goodness yeah that's the bane of our (laughs) existence brad and i talk about this all the time right brad i
0: hate it yeah for sure in fact i played this one and man you're not kidding about those puzzles i bounced pretty quickly but i love the aesthetic too i mean you're right that era the '30s south pacific is so cool and the colors are so cool but those puzzles just, like, wrecked me. And I, I found myself almost immediately going to an FAQ. And whenever I do that, I just have to bounce. Like, I don't enjoy doing that. But are you yep. are you making progress? Is your brain smarter at puzzles than mine is?
3: <laughs> I am making progress. I did have to look up one thing. And I it was the hugest eye roll. Actually, wait, no, I lied. I looked up two things. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was one puzzle that, like, I basically understood what it was going for. But I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? And I looked it up, and I was like, oh. Like it. It was like the thing. The last part of the puzzle I needed was like I had to like look up. (laughs) I was Uh. like, "Damn it, Kinsey! Like, (laughs) just look up." And then the other thing that I looked up was I had to trigger that one thing before I could actually do the puzzle, even though I knew what I was supposed to be doing. But I'd go look at that wall first.
1: You had to look up, literally look up.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was. So- that one made me so upset. I like walked back into the area. It's like one of the first puzzles, too. And it was like, just look up just a little bit. And like, it's on the roof of the building. And I was like, you son of a. <laughs> Dude, I have
1: no patience for puzzles. Like, I'm playing Far Cry 6 right now, which I talk about on the show all the time. And there are little puzzle missions. Brad, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever told you about that. I don't think
0: so. That doesn't sound
1: familiar. I know. There's all these little puzzles. You know, after you've done everything in the game, it's like, oh, you can also do puzzles. But every once in a while, I get to one and I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm not going to try to figure this out. Go immediately to the internet. I don't want (laughs) to spend time because it's like, yeah, I just don't know what to do. Maybe I'm dumb for puzzles, for sure. Like in video games.
3: I I definitely think I'm puzzle dumb because like there was actually one puzzle in this game. That I had no idea what the fuck I was doing, and I just moved it around enough, and it was like, "Yeah, you did it," and I was like, <laughs> "I sure did."
2: Oh, <laughs> like,
1: they're like, man. "Let's just give it to
0: her." Accidental, <laughs> oh, accidental solutions are the worst. That makes yeah. me feel stupid and irritated because I feel like if I'm too dumb, I shouldn't have gotten past it. You know, like <laughs> yeah. it, it's almost like they give you like a prize for being stupid. It's no, uh, I do not like. You know, like yeah, it.
3: I think if I get to the point where I'm like continually looking stuff up because I'm really trying hard not to, yeah, but. I'm not entirely sure I'm going to finish it because of that.
1: Uh, real quick tangent on that, because this we bring this up on the show quite a bit, and I want always wanted to get your take on it. More and more games now are putting in so many more accessibility features in it, which is great. And one of them is, you know, story mode or easy mode. Um, I lots of times call it just normal mode because I think normal <laughs> is difficult. Um, but what are your what are your thoughts on that? I mean, like, I think Phil Spencer came out and said, like, if you finish a game on... You know, easy, it's you still finish the game or something. Or was the guy from I think uh, another developer that said that. But yeah, what are your thoughts on it? Like do you do you do you'd want to play easy mode if you if you can't beat the game?
3: Um, personally, I definitely think if you beat it on easy, you beat the game. Okay. Like for me, I've never been like that nightmare mode person. Like I played through on normal and then I went back through on nightmare. Like I've never I've never been that person. And I totally understand having things like maybe locked behind something like that you can still beat the game but you could go do this other like side mission if you were to play it on hard mode or something like that or achievements of course for beating on the different modes but no if you beat it on easy you beat it like because there's definitely a few games that i like i always start on normal (laughs) but if i get to a part where i'm like no this isn't fun anymore then i put it down and yeah Except for those games, though. You know, those games that's like, you pick the difficulty, it's like, you can't change this later. And I'm oh, like, oh, that's what the worst. You, what do you mean? Should I just start on easy? Like, <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, especially nowadays, because there's so, usually, like the newer games, there's so many options. And yeah. yeah, I think in the very beginning, they're like, don't worry, you can change this anytime you want. And you're like, cool, cool. But yeah, there's those games you're like, you better pick the right one. And you're like, I don't know what the right one is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and how are you supposed to know? You know, it's almost like it's like picking stats in an RPG. Like when you create your character, you've got like your 20 stats and you're like, well, I don't know what's going to be useful. I mean, obviously lock picking, because that's always like the God stat. But like mm-hmm. what else? I don't know. You get 10 hours in. You're like, well, shit, I wish I could go back and redo my thing. I love it when games give you a chance to fix that. They should also do that with difficulty because you don't know my idea of normal is maybe very different from somebody who plays shoot-em-ups or very different yeah. from somebody who plays fighting games. Yep. I don't know if my normal is your normal. Give me a chance yeah. to change it. Yeah. What else are you playing, Kisney? Uh,
3: I actually just started the Halo Infinite
2: oh. multiplayer,
3: and I hadn't played a, a, a Halo game in forever. Like, I'm trying to remember, like, the last Halo game I And I know I skipped a bunch in the middle there.
0: (laughs) They're all the same. It doesn't matter. I mean, you've seen one, you've seen them all.
3: Yeah. And I actually played it for the first time yesterday with my coworkers. And I was super excited. But then, of course, the very first multiplayer mode it threw me into, I didn't know what it was.
2: Oh, (laughs) snap. And I was like,
3: wait, what do I do? (laughs) And I was like, apparently it's been a really long time since I played Halo because this mode was not in the last one.
1: They're like Kinsey. That's like the normal mode that Ray plays.
2: Right.
3: And you're like, I don't know what that
2: is.
3: <laughs> at least I figured it out quickly. But at the same time, it was like I don't even remember what the mo- the mode is called. But it like put it up on the screen, and I was like, "What is that? Seeds? I gotta collect seeds. <laughs> Wait, is that really? Is what there what it was? a farming
0: sim? That's pretty cool. Like <laughs> Master Chief farming. Like, I might be down. Like,
3: gather the seeds, but they're like I don't know, little mechanical robot things that you have to put in your base. They're like, I don't remember I
1: don't remember raising cows in this game. What? Right. When it
3: first said it, I was like, what? And I was like, oh, I get it. You're like seeding your base, like right. you're getting the like resources and stuff. And I was like, oh, I get it, Halo. It's fine. Yeah,
0: I like the idea of planting <laughs> crops a little bit more than that. So maybe they will right? be the DLC later or something. Who knows? Extra modes. Is the gameplay fun though? Are you have Oh fun totally. Because yeah.
3: I've actually been playing uh, a lot of Destiny again.
0: Oh wow. And oh, I, re-
3: I think I remember talking about Destiny on Video Game Break
0: mm-hmm. and how
3: much I played Destiny. So <laughs> and,
1: and that was many moons ago, so. Yeah.
3: And I used to have this thing with Destiny where I played it basically every Halloween because their Halloween event is awesome. And I continued past Halloween event this time, which was weird, but the reason I like Destiny is because it feels so good because it feels like Halo. Yeah, like yeah. everything just feels so smooth and natural. Like I'm not fighting with the controls to play. Like any mistake I make is on me. It's not mm-hmm. on the. It's not on like the controls. And I 100 percent feel that way so far with Halo Infinite. Like I think it feels really, really nice.
0: I mean, that's important. We were literally just talking about that on the segment right before we talked to you. We were talking about a game called Chorus, and it's a space flight game uh, where you space you're like a space fighter. And the best thing about that game is it feels so natural. Like I started playing and within five minutes. It felt like just like breathing to play that game, which is so hard and so oh, important. So that. any game yeah. where you can just jump in and just like intuitively figure it out and feel good, that's very important. Yeah. yeah and
1: I, I, that's why I'm continually playing Far Cry 6. I mean, it's this thing where we talked about in the show before too, the flow state you get in, you know, and you just like, oh, this makes sense to me and give me any new challenge. And I'm going to keep being in this world and using the controls the way they are, because, yeah, like you said, you're not fighting them, and they feel really good. Well, yeah, that's totally. cool. Uh, so let's talk about Chuhai Labs for a half a second, um, because I love Chuhai Labs. I love the snowboarding game, by the way. They have Yay! a VR snowboarding game called Carve. And if anybody is afraid of using VR and snowboarding at the same time, and you think you're not going to be able to do it, you can, because whatever magic you guys pulled off... It's you don't get sick. I don't know, but it feels like really easy to do. Yeah. Um, Like
3: carved snowboarding. That's one of the things I love about it. Because actually when I very first got hired and like my very first project was carved snowboarding and I was like, oh, this is really, really cool. I'm glad to be here. I don't play a lot of VR. So but obviously I'm I'm just happy to be here, you know. (laughs) But then when I started playing it, I was like, oh, my gosh. okay, this is great. Like And I actually talked to Giles a little bit about it, and Giles Goddard is our CEO, and he has a long history in the industry. He was one of the first foreigners to work at Nintendo Japan, so he was one of the lead programmers on games like Star Fox, you may have heard of it.
0: Mm, I might have heard of that. Uh, Sounds kind of familiar.
3: And so he's really into tight controls and making sure things feel good, like what we were just talking about. And that was one of his concerns in VR was motion sickness. So that was something he really paid attention to. And like, I was so surprised that like speeding down a mountain doesn't make me sick at all the way the controls are, but walking around like in the cabin or any, it doesn't have to be like in car specifically because those controls are pretty universal. Like walking around in a VR world. who no, thank yeah. you. I get so <laughs> sick. Like I have to do the, like, uh, where you teleport instead of walk around. Yeah. Yeah. Like I and have that works really
1: that. good. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I think that works really well in the cabin too. You can teleport anywhere you want to go.
2: Yeah, um, totally. So
1: you don't have to walk around, but yeah, you like, you're right. Like when I use the experience of going down a hill, like even me and I'm like a, a you know experienced VR person and I usually don't get sick but I was still kind of freaked out but man again it's some sort of alchemy
3: yeah <laughs> because <laughs> like in the sense of speed is there like all of that it's stuff so is there, there. Yeah. and you don't get sick it's perfect yeah. like the basically uh, the simplest way to describe the controls is like each one of your hands is like a the edge of the board so like whatever what foot you have forward that hand is going to be the front of the board and then your back foot or in this case your hand is the back of the board. So like moving your hands like around each other would turn the board. And like it doesn't sound intuitive because you're basically using your hands instead of your feet.
1: Yeah. But it feels
3: really really good the way like it works.
1: And it's one of those things you just have to play it to understand. I think we were just talking about again, this whole is like just a callback to our uh, earlier segment, but <laughs> about how I try to explain controls for um, Lost in Random, which, by the way, have you played that?
3: Oh, I haven't played that yet.
1: I like it a lot. I don't think Brad's going to like it, but um, <laughs> it, it's like a Tim Burton game, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, the combat in that is hard to explain on a podcast, similar to Carve Snowboarding. I don't think you can really explain it because I mean, you did a great job with your hands. But like when you get in there, it just starts to click and you're like, yep. oh, yeah, it's a controller kind of in a way.
2: Yeah, so, totally.
1: So High Labs is the developer and publisher, got to mention that, and published like Halloween Forever and a couple other games. And now the game that Brad and I both are very excited about, speaking for Brad, even though he's right here.
0: I'm right here, but go ahead and talk <laughs> for
1: me anyway. Hi, I'm, I'm, I'm Brad. Oh, I'm a Brad. I'm Brad. You told uh, me to talk for you. That sounds exactly like me. That's uh, a really good. Anyways, presenter. so I'm Carlos. Carlos and I have been talking about Cursed Golf, <laughs> and we both love that game. So, Kinsey, why don't you tell us about Cursed Golf?
3: Yeah. So, Curse to Golf is the newest game that we are currently developing, being published by Thunderful, and it what we like to call it. We like to call it a golf like because it's a roguelike golfing game, and the the holes are way more like dungeon-like, like almost Metroidvania-like. And so you're kind of going through these like dungeon-like holes, trying to get out of golf purgatory because you play a cursed golfer who dies in an unfortunate accident while trying to like win the big trophy. And now you're stuck in golf purgatory and you have to find your way out.
1: Such an interesting premise. Um, <laughs> and then we've talked about uh crown trick. Did you ever play that? What was it called? Crown Trick, right, Oh, Brad? no. Yeah,
0: Crown Trick, uh-huh.
1: Yeah, so that's what it came up is because that is a turn-based roguelike. And infam- infamously on the show, Brad loves roguelikes. I don't. But every once in a while, I'll like one. And I liked mm-hmm. Crown Trick because it was turn-based. Then I saw Cursed Golf, and I was like, oh, that, you take your time, yeah. right? It's not, it's not an action-type game. So that's what's really intriguing to me is like, you know, you can take your time and make these golf
3: shots. Yeah, totally. And there's something weird about video game golf games as well. I don't know about you guys, but I do not play golf in real life. Me neither. (laughs) neither. Not at all. Not at all. No. But golf games, like thinking like Golf Story, the older Mario Golf titles, like a lot of golf games are so much fun. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I love them so much.
0: <laughs> I don't think we've talked about them on the show much, though, Brad, have we? We haven't played any recent ones. I mean, I think probably Golf Story is the last one that I probably golf played, Story. which I thought yeah. was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. I'm not a golfer at all. I mean, you know, a little mini-golf here and there with friends or something. But it's not like I go hit the links every Sunday. But, yeah, <laughs> I do find um, a fair amount of enjoyment from, um, you know, virtual golf games, I guess, if you can call it that. But I like the ones that are more goofy and fun. I don't like the sim mm-hmm. ones which is one reason why I think that curse golf is appealing to us so much on the show. Cause you know, Carlos is right. I do love my roguelikes and I do love like video game golf, but this is like 2d. It's kind of like pixely. I mean, are there like traps and stuff or can you describe like the, the roguelike element? Like, do you level up over time? Is there some permanence to it or like, what are the hooks to this game?
3: Yeah. So with each, uh, hole, you have a certain number of shots and within those shots we're basically using par a little bit differently in this game, then, like, normal go- normal golf, you have, like, a course, and let's say this is a par three, so you want to get it within three shots, but in Curse to Golf, you start with so many shots, and then as you're using them up, you can hit idols to gain shots. There's a lot of uh, power-ups, which we're calling ace cards, that can either, you know, you can gain another shot, you can get your shot back and try again, like, there's a bunch of different ways you can do it, but if you run out of shots in- while you're in a hole, you're dead well dead deader oh you're You're more dead you're more dead
1: (laughs) Chris golf more dead
0: (laughs) are there like special abilities or like can you get like a more powerful club or anything or any like do you get like any kind of powers or something that like ties into like you being a ghost perhaps anything like that at all
3: uh you will be able to get more of the ace cards and you'll be able to have more of those in your deck and then once you beat the some of the bosses then some of them will have boons as well
0: okay so what we didn't talk about the deck what how does that factor in is there also like a card based element to it
3: a little bit yeah like you can just basically have your hand of uh ace cards
0: and what do those do for you
3: uh those are going to be your power-ups so those are going to be like your multi-ball or some of them are really silly like we have one that's portals where it's kind of exactly what it sounds you can position two portals and you hit it through one it'll come out the other oh nice ah, and cool. so yeah it's super fun like power-ups and completely I feel like makes it a way different kind of golf game and it's so much fun
1: so the quark the cards themselves is that like to, to to Brad's point the permanence of the the roguelike part is that the thing you keep throughout the whole thing or do you have what like what resets I guess is what I'm wondering if you, if you can say
3: Uh, I can't say at the moment. Okay,
1: okay. (laughs) We're putting her on the spot. I thought so, I thought
2: so.
3: (laughs) Sorry. We're
1: like deep dive into this game that hasn't come out yet. It Tell is amazing. all <laughs> the
0: spoilers, Kinsey. please, yeah. all the secrets.
1: Well, because we, I bring that up because again, to that point, like if there's enough permanence that's interesting to me, mm-hmm. or it's like, or people who don't like roguelikes, yeah, I think totally. that's what gets people into it because they're like, oh, well, I feel a progression happening, you
3: know? Yeah, totally. Because like with me and roguelikes, that's one thing I don't like starting over from the completely from the beginning. Right. So I totally understand that feeling, and that's kind of like why for the longest time I just was like, I don't like roguelikes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like certain games are slowly starting to change my mind, like what you get, what holds over in like Hades and the narrative element and like all of that, like holds my attention like way better than what my brain thinks a roguelike is. And Curse does have the narrative element as well. There's some uh, really fun NPCs that you get to meet along your way through Purgatory and on your way towards Ascension.
1: It reminds me a little bit of Celeste. Kind of in a way, or like, I, I know it's not a platform in any way, but like the art style and that the idea that there's like some story elements are going yeah,
0: it's on. Yeah. a little bit of that vibe. Yeah. I think so. I would agree yeah. with that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. The pixel art's adorable too. <laughs> well,
0: well, we've just got a couple more minutes here. I mean, is there anything that you would like to talk about Kinsey? We can talk about your work at shoe or any other game you'd like to give a shout out to, or just anything at all. I mean, what, what's left on your agenda here? you got the time. Let's use it up.
3: Oh man. <laughs> uh, yeah, so definitely you can wishlist Curse to Golf right now on Steam and uh, it's going to be coming to uh PC and Switch in 2022. Uh Carved Snowboarding's out now on Oculus Quest. And what I'm really excited about is we have another game called Whitewater Wipeout that's coming to Season 1 of the Playdate.
1: Oh
0: right, the gear, oh, the Playdate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you the when you crank on the side, right? That one got I heard that got delayed because of some battery issue or something. I actually have it on, um, I pre-ordered one, but I kind of forgot about it because it's taking so long to get here. Now that you're talking about it, I'm like, oh yeah, that little crank thing on the side and all those games are like, DL or they're downloaded or whatever. There's no cartridges or anything, right?
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So everything is going to come out in seasons and our game, Whitewater Wipeout, is going to basically be already on your play date by the time you get it.
0: Oh, nice. Okay. Excellent.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, before we go, Kinsey, I have to mention this because I've been listening to your podcast and uh, people should check out Chew High Labs has a podcast on YouTube and probably on all the other platforms as well, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Uh, just Is it just you search Chew High Labs podcast? Uh, What's it called?
3: We're the, the Nasty Labs podcast. Oh, that's right. You're nasty. <laughs> nice. So no nasty.
1: Um, I was listening to one and I just want to, this is like a personal note to you. You had mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy. You mm-hmm. might not have heard us talk about on our podcast, but... It's one of my favorite games of not just this year, but of all time, and Ah! people, yeah, people really don't understand it. But it's it's like a Final Fantasy fifteen game, where it's really about the interplay of the the characters together, Mm -hmm. and you're really feeling like uh, connected to them and going through drama with them. It's an incredible game.
3: I need to play it and. The more I hear about it, the more I want to play it because, like, I'm not a big Marvel person, but like, what I love about every single review that I read of that game, people were like, "I thought it was gonna be crap, but I loved it." Like, <laughs> right? And it's not even
1: Marvel; it's Dragon Age. And I know that yeah. you like Dragon Age.
3: Oh so, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I should have led with that, by the way. Not Final Fantasy, uh, Dragon <laughs> Age, Kinsey. Uh, so, anyways, I just thought to take my time to, to to explain it, to not just the people listening, but to you, like, it's really, really, really good.
3: Oh, I can't wait to play it. I can't wait. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Good stuff. Brad, you got Good anything stuff. else?
0: No, I was just going to say, I mean, we got time for maybe one more little bit. We were almost out of time. Uh, any last little bits, Kinsey?
3: Um, I don't think so. Uh, Listen to the Nasty Labs podcast. There
0: you go. All right, <laughs> and you're cool. on Twitter
1: and social media uh, at Kinzilla. Yep.
3: I'm on all the things at Kinzilla and ChuHi Labs is on probably actually also all the things at Chew High Labs
0: nice excellent excellent well that's a well, good segue because we're going to wrap it up right now i mean it is yay, yay. Thank you for, for being here <laughs> <laughs> wow of that's course.
3: a lot anytime fun. thanks guys
0: yeah it was so good to have you back kinsey such a pleasure i know we recorded so many times in the past it was always fun and you know life changes we all go on different paths and journeys and et cetera, et cetera. we all learned and grew along the way made some friends but now we're back and it's so good to be talking to you again thank you for coming by of
2: thank
0: course, you for thank coming for- by <laughs> all right folks well that's it for this episode as per usual we'd love to get your questions and comments hit us up so video games podcast at gmail.com we're on twitter at so video games we're on tiktok so video games podcast but also you can reach us individually uh now Kinsey, you just gave your info uh so carlos where can we direct your traffic this week
1: uh at carlos rodella on tiktok and that's r-o-d-e-l-a and also carlos rodella comedy on instagram
0: Excellent. As for me, same as usual. It's uh, Twitter and Instagram. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. And that's going to do it for episode 261. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Kinsey, for being here. And everybody who's in the audience, not you, Kinsey, you don't have to be here next Friday, but everybody's listening. Hope to see you next. I mean, I guess you're welcome back next Friday, I suppose. <laughs> you're probably busy at Cheetah Labs, but the next time you want to come on, let us know. We'll have you on again. Uh, otherwise, folks, we'll see the rest of y'all. Next Friday, but for now, this is bye from Brad, bye from Carlos,
3: bye from Kinsey. Hey, she did it! I was Yay. doing the cheering thing. Where is it? Yay. <laughs>
1: That's gonna get old real quick.